TII item 251, December 8th, 2012. Dan says iOS 6.1 beta 3. Welcome to Today in iPhone. Yeah, I like it a lot. Today in iPhone. Hey, Gullah! Oh, yeah. My beautiful iPhone, which I never have out of my hand and that I do everything with and has become an extension of whom I am. Today's episode is brought to you by SquareTrade. Please visit squaretrade.com forward slash TII to get your discount on your iOS device warranty. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Rob, and this is the Today in iOS podcast. First up, I want to thank Tash for sending in the artwork for today's show. Tash wrote, Hi, Rob. I got the pick from Magic Window, filtered it with PicFX, watermarked with Impression, and mixed it with Mixel. Regards, Tash. Well, Tash, thanks again for sending in this artwork. Folks, you can see Tash's artwork in the TII app in the extras for episode 251, or if you subscribe via iTunes on your computer as the album artwork, and as a standalone post in the VIP section and at facebook.com forward slash today in iOS. If you have some artwork and or music you have created for your iOS device and would like to share it with the audience, please email it to todayinios at gmail.com and make sure to include which app or apps you used to create said artwork and or music. And I really need some more music because I don't have any for the next episode or any for this episode for that matter. In this segment of How Wrong Were They, we have the following quote. Quote, It's been years, considered a long time in tech, since Apple delivered a mind-blowing product that made a cultural dent. Some say harking back to the iPad in 2010 and iPhone in 2007. Unquote. John Schwartz, USA Today, 4th of October, 2012. I love how people bring up this point. Well, it has been a couple of years since you blew my mind type argument against Apple. The iPod or the iPhone or the iPad alone would have made pretty much any tech company an icon, pun intended. But to have all three in a 10-year window is why Apple is the most valuable company on the planet, market cap-wise, and sitting on over $120 billion in cash. But to expect another iPod or iPhone or iPad every year? That's just unrealistic and rather ignorant when used in an argument against Apple. Just saying. For promo codes on episode 250, we offered up chances to win promo codes for the app's Toddler Distractor Christmas Edition, Photo Library Plus for iPhone, and Word Unravel. I'll be giving out those promo codes sometime next week. If you want more info on these apps, go back and listen to the beginning of episode 250 for the additional details. This week, we have promo codes for the app Countdown 2014. Here is the review from the devs. Hi, my name is Lauren, and I'm one of the developers of an app called Countdown 2014. It is an app that counts down to the 2014 World Cup in Brazil. Our app serves up a new image every day to get you excited about all the destinations, festivities, and football games and events. Features include a countdown clock letting you know how many years, months, days, hours, minutes, and seconds until the opening game, view images and descriptions from today all the way back to the app's release, toggle between views so you can see the photo full screen, marking images as favorites, a map view with location of the images, slideshow viewing, filtering photos, the ability to email, tweet, or post photos to Facebook, important breaking news delivered via push notifications, saving images to camera roll, and the opportunity to send us your own Brazil photo to have it included in the app, all for only 99 cents. This app is packed with features to help you enjoy and share your excitement for the upcoming 2014 festivities. Thanks to Lauren for her review of their app, Countdown 2014, and for sending in the promo codes to give away. Folks, if you would like a chance for a promo code for this app, send an email to todayinios at gmail.com and put countdown in the subject line. A quick reminder, if you are an app dev, email me if you want your app featured in the promo giveaway segment. There is never a charge for you, the dev. We just need the five promo codes or more to give away. Simply email me at todayinios at gmail.com and please include a 60-second or less audio review of your app indicating you are the dev up front. Also, once you send in the promo codes, please make sure to let me know when they expire. Without a doubt, this first news story has to be one of the strangest iPhone stories I have reported on and felt it was worthy of the top spot today. It is about people in Pennsylvania, specifically those in the 717 area code, 
Well, some of them have seen the AT&T logo on their iPhone replaced with Dan. Now, this is not causing any real issues other than your network showing Dan on the phone instead of AT&T. And it is likely a prank by some disgruntled AT&T worker, or better yet, maybe a testing issue that got loose in the wild. But in any case, if you live in the 717 area code, have an iPhone, and it's on AT&T, well, it may now be saying it is on Dan. No word on if Dan allows FaceTime calls over cellular for unlimited customers. Just saying. iOS 6.1 Beta 3 has been released upon the devs and those of us with access to a dev account. And my thoughts are it is working fine, just like Beta 2. Some of the new things I have seen mentioned about Beta 3 relate to iCloud setup, passbook sample card being updated, voice dial only feature added, and reset advertising identifier was tweaked. Yeah, exciting times. But this does mean we are getting closer to the launch of iOS 6.1, probably within the next four to five weeks, maybe one more beta. iPhone 5 ship times dropped early in the week to two to four days. And now tonight, well, last night on December 7th, we're sitting at in stock. That's right. iPhone 5 has finally reached in stock status for all versions, colors, models, you name it. It's there which probably is why Apple has also removed the limit on how many iPhones each person could buy. So now, if you have one of those extended families, feel free to buy them each an iPhone for the holidays, iPhone 5, that is. The iPad mini has had its ship's times improved as well. It's now down to one week for delivery. This is for all versions, black or white, and regardless of the carrier for the LTE ones as well, at least in the U.S., that is. The big question for those on Wall Street is, of course, is this reduction in lead time for the products as a result of slowing demand, or is it a result of increased supply? These are questions not likely answered until next quarter. I will say in my family this holiday season, I have three out of four, maybe even four out of four of my nieces and nephews that are getting iPad minis. Not from me, but from my parents or from their own parents. Now, maybe my family is a little skewed towards Apple products, but not overly likely as much as you might think as they live 1,200 miles away. It just seems that those that had iPod touches for presents in the past are now upgrading, so to speak, to the iPad mini, which makes a lot of sense given the price points of the iPad mini now and that all the apps carry over, and then some. On the last episode, I reported on a rumor that T-Mobile would announce they are getting the iPhone at their investor conference this past week, and that is actually what happened. Kudos to Scott Craig at Merrill Lynch for nailing that call. Now, what was not rumored is how T-Mobile plans to do the offering, which their CEO says will be a dramatically different experience. What exactly does that mean? Well, it likely means T-Mobile is not going to subsidize the iPhone, but rather reduce the monthly rate you pay. No word yet on exactly what the monthly rate will be. It is also reported that T-Mobile will not force everyone to upfront pay for the iPhones, the 649 to 849. Uh, but rather, they will also offer a finance plan for the iPhone. Not really sure now how, if you do that, how it differs from subsidy. But I guess there's no termination fee? I don't know. Of course, the CEO also said that the reports about all of this and how it's going to be different are wrong. So when is T-Mobile getting the iPhone? Well, sometime between January 1st, 2013 and December 31st, 2013. Beyond that, no other info on when in 2013 it will be. But if you've been holding out as a T-Mobile customer waiting and waiting for the iPhone, at least now officially, your wait is coming to an end, you know, sometime in the next 12 and a half months. Speaking of people waiting for the iPhone 5, there are over 600 million of them on China Mobile that are doing so. And by the sounds of it, that wait is not going to be over soon enough. Yo Li, president of China Mobile, the world's largest carrier, said they have been in talks with Apple about the iPhone since 2009. However, both sides are still far apart on getting a deal agreed to. It is reported, he said, 
or actually more grammatically correct, he reportedly said that they were close to an agreement last year, but that the deal fell through. So when is the iPhone coming to China Mobile? Well, on the surface, it might seem like, don't hold your breath. But usually in these things, when the CEO says one thing, it is often means another. So maybe these comments are just a little public posturing prior to an announcement about a deal. Or maybe I'm just being overly optimistic. Missed it by that much. The official word about the iPhone 5 in China, that is. Apple put out a press release announcing that December 14th was the official date, as had been suspected, just a few hours after episode 250 went live last week. Apple also announced December 7th as the official date for when the iPad mini and 4th gen iPad would be available in mainland China as well. Initial reports are that the lines for those devices were not there. Of course, many of those reports did not mention that you really could not line up and needed to pre-reserve your iPad. So those reporting on no lines, they might want to look a little closer about what was actually going on. And yes, Virginia, the iPhone 5 will be in 100 countries before Christmas, with Apple officially announcing that more than 50 new countries will be getting the iPhone 5 this month. I was going to read the 50 plus countries the iPhone 5 would be in, but you know, Ken from Aquas Ken did such a good job, I thought I would just use his clip here, with his permission, of course. According to Apple, iPhone 5 will be available in South Korea on Friday, December 7, and on Friday, December 14th in Albania, Antigua, and Barbuda, Armenia, Bahamas, Bahrain, Bolivia, Brazil, Chile, China, Costa Rica, Cyprus, Ecuador, Grenada, Indonesia, Israel, Jamaica, Jordan, Kuwait, Macedonia, Malaysia, Moldova, Montenegro, Panama, Paraguay, Philippines, Qatar, Russia, Saudi Arabia, South Africa, Taiwan, Turkey, United Arab Emirates, and Venezuela. iPhone 5 will also be available on Friday, December 21st in Barbados, Botswana, Cameroon, Central African Republic, Egypt, Guinea, Ivory Coast, Kenya, Madagascar, Mali, Mauritius, Morocco, Niger, Senegal, St. Kitts, St. Lucia, St. Vincent and the Grenadines, Tunisia, Uganda, and Vietnam. And that gets Apple to its 100 countries for iPhone 5 by the end of this year. Thanks, Ken, for allowing the use of that. And folks, check out macOS Ken if you're interested in a very good Mac and Apple podcast. Just go to macOSken.com or just search for macOS Ken in iTunes. Yes, I just listened to show number 250, and you were talking about cars not communicating well with the iPhone. I have an iPhone 5 and my Acura RDX 2013 will not work with the iPhone 5. It pairs perfectly. Actually, the Bluetooth streaming works beautifully. However, I cannot answer a call with my phone. I can transfer it very easily after I make the call. So I'm fumbling in my purse for my phone every time I want to call somebody who is not on the very short list of six numbers that they allow you to put into the phone book. It is a terrible system. Um, I am um, planning to write Acura about this. Otherwise, everything works perfectly. It just won't answer the phone. Thanks. Bye. Into the email bag. Hi, Rob. I had the same problem with my iPhone 5 not wanting to automatically pair after upgrading from my iPhone 4S. The way I found to fix it was to make the iPhone 5 the primary Bluetooth device on my car radio. Now it pairs up automatically. Regards, Thomas in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Thomas, thanks for the feedback. And one way to make it the primary Bluetooth device on your car radio is to delete every other Bluetooth device that's ever been in there, especially if you had it paired to a past iPhone. So if you can and know how to, delete all the previous Bluetooth devices that were ever paired with your car radio, and then try pairing it to your iPhone 5. Hi, Rob. I've had the same problem of my iPhone dimming. Mine dims after I've used the flashlight app. I wonder if everyone who's having this issue, or many of that are having this issue, are having it after using the flashlight app. Regards, Carrie in Placidus, New Mexico. And I know I mutilated that town name. Hey, Rob. About the brightness problem with the iPhone 4S 5, go to Preferences, Screen, and Brightness, and switch the automatic off. This will solve the brightness problem. 
Regards, Tim from the Netherlands. Hi, Tim. Yes, turning off the automatic brightness option should be one way for those suffering from the dimming issue to go away. The downside is, if you use it a lot, both indoors and out, you're going to have to either keep manually changing the brightness, or you'll need to just turn it up so you can see it outdoors and deal with the extra battery drain. Hey, Rob. This is Joe from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, hey, I wanted to chime in with the uh the email solution for deleting all emails at one time. Uh, I use voiceover as well. I'm totally blind. So this will help uh, that fellow out and your wife. Uh, all you have to do is what I do is open up the mail app, click on edit, select all the messages I would like at the bottom left where it says archive. If you double tap and hold on that, or if you just, I guess for sighted people, you just hold and hold on it. It brings up a little dialogue that says delete and you can press delete and it will send all of them to the deleted items. Hope this helps. Love your show. Take care. Bye. Joe, thanks for the feedback. The problem here is that my wife sometimes has hundreds of emails that she wants to delete and she has to go through and manually tap each and every one and select each and every one. She'd rather just be select them all, just bulk select them all in one tap, and then in the second tap, delete them all. So that's what she's really looking for. Here's another email on this. Hi, Rob. On the email mass delete, a jailbreak app, Mail Enhancer Pro, does this from individual email accounts and or the all email section. This might help the visually impaired person. Regards, Chris in London. Chris, thanks for the heads up on Mail Enhancer Pro, which is a $4.99 app in the Cydia App Store. Hey, Rob. My name is Max. I actually got a Siri tip for you and the listeners. If you ask Siri what flights are overhead, basically it searches Wolf Grand Alpha and it'll tell you what flights are flying over your head. Not really a productive kind of, but it's kind of fun to do. So try it out. All right. Thanks. Love the show. Bye-bye. Max, thanks for the tip. This next one is for those of you in the over 40 crowd that wind up getting an iPad mini you may find the text a little hard to read. Fear not, there is a solution. Well, at least for many cases there is. If you go into the settings app and then general and then accessibility, you see an option for large text. Tap it and then select the font size you want from those displayed. I actually do this or have done this with my iPhone 4S. Once you do this, the text is in the apps such as mail and contacts, notes, messages will be easier to read. I, also in Safari, I definitely can see this being of help for those getting the iPad mini. Again, settings, then general, then accessibility, then large text. Hope that helps you out. Thanks to Jonathan for this next one. Seems there were actually some features deprecated in iTunes 11. Some of the features killed off are 1. Cover flow, 2. Deduper, 3. iTunes DJ, 4. Gapless playback editor, five multiple windows, and six quick volume control song progress in mini player. Okay, really nothing I ever used, hence why I did not notice they were missing when I played with iTunes 11 last week, or this week for that matter. But when I said I thought all features were still there, I really meant all the features that count, i.e. the ones I use. Speaking of things killed off by Apple, let's talk about the YouTube app, more specifically the YouTube app on the iPad. Well, as you know, Google had a new YouTube app for the iPhone, and now they have a new YouTube app for the iPad. One thing I wish YouTube app would do is add in parental filters controls. If anyone knows of any parental controls for YouTube, let me know. Right now, I don't see anything. I would also like to be able to block videos from the app slash account from showing up. So yes, there is a new iPad YouTube app, but no, it does not seem to be kid-friendly. Now, some would say YouTube is not a place for kids, but I disagree. There are many good educational videos and interesting videos on there for kids. The videos of all the Russian trucks is one that my son loves. There's a whole series of these with cool Russian trucks. Okay, I know I'm kind of rambling, ranting here. I just wish I could let my kids watch a couple of YouTube videos without me worrying about what they might stumble upon. Thanks, by the way, goes out to Netflix for making their app so much more kid-friendly. I guess the real issue here comes back to Google. Google's customer is not the user. It's the advertiser. Oh, well. Nice to dream. 
maybe someone can figure out how to skin an app that overlays on YouTube and filters out content for kids. Or maybe someone from the Don't Be Evil company will use their 20% of their time and develop something like that. Yeah, right. All right, let's talk about something a little bit more likely. The iPhone 5S rumors, that is. And there has been some rumors this past week, and by rumors I mean photos of what is supposed to be the backplate of an iPhone 5S. Seems on the outside it looks exactly like an iPhone 5 backplate, but on the inside it's slightly different, with screw holes locations moved a little. Initial speculation by those posting the photos and those reporting on said photos is that it this must be for the iPhone 5S. But my initial thoughts were that rather it was an iPhone 5 for China Mobile. Given that the CEO of China Mobile stated they were still far apart on negotiating, as I stated earlier, that just might mean the opposite. And either way, I am sure Apple has designed and developed an iPhone that works on China Mobile, which, due to their unique TDS-CDMA network, would likely require a new device just for China Mobile. Personally, if I have to choose between the backplate being for the iPhone 5S already or for China Mobile, I vote China Mobile. Switching gears, another day, another consumer watchdog group testing tablet battery life claims. This time it was a UK group called Witch, which did the tests, and guess what? Well, okay, not much guessing here if I'm talking about it. The iPads won their categories. There were two groups, or two categories. 16 different devices were tested in the over 8-inch tablet category, and 10 devices were tested in the under 8-inch tablet category. In Witch's test, the iPad 4th Gen lasted 811 minutes. That is over 13 and a half hours for those of you that don't know how to divide by 60. Which was much better than the second place finisher at 590 minutes, which was the iPad 2. Third place went to Sony Xperia at 534 minutes. The Surface RT from Microsoft lasted 501 minutes, or more than 5 hours less than the iPad 4th Gen. Ouch! And by the way, they considered the Microsoft Surface RT in the good category. Double ouch. In the under 8-inch category, standing heads and shoulder above everyone else was the iPad Mini at 781 minutes or a little over 13 hours, again for those of you not able to divide by 60. The Kindle Fire HD came in second at 591 minutes or more than 3 hours less than the iPad Mini. And yes, the Mini weighs less than and has a larger screen than the other devices in this category. Yeah, can't wait to January conference call from Apple to hear how many tablets were sold this past quarter. Should be a good quarter. It is that time of the show to put on my Apple fanboy hat. Okay, in this case, really, Apple fanboy boots. Seems all those reports about malware and Android and it not being something to really worry about might be, well, not exactly accurate. Seems some nefarious types released some malware and botnets out in the world. These applications were targeted at Android and BlackBerry and Windows PCs. The attacks used the Zeus Trojan, which is a keystroke logger, and looked for people doing online banking activities. And then they did some real-world stealing of money. To the tune of over $47 million from victims' accounts. Bet they wish they had an iPad and an iPhone and a Mac right now. The attacks started in Italy and spread quickly to Germany, Holland, and Spain. The article says there is no easy way to prevent these attacks, which I disagree with. Get an iOS device and get a Mac. Or if you don't want to give up your PC or Android device, then just stop doing online banking. Just saying. Seems kind of easy peasy to me. There was an article in AdAge titled, App Developers Shun Microsoft Surface, and, well, okay, that is not overly surprising. There just is no uptake yet in the device. None, at least, enough to attract developers. But the one developer, or should I say company, I found most interesting when mentioned as not developing an app for the Surface was Facebook. I mean, considering Microsoft invested $240 million in Facebook back in 2007... Awkward. Hey Rob, this is Jeff from Fairfield, California. Just wanted to send you a product review for the iPad Mini. I picked up a OtterBox Defender case for it. 
Uh, it's a great case. Uh, it adds a little bit of bulk to it. I'll give it that, but that's uh, that's pretty welcome because it almost acts like a little ledge for you to actually grip it with your thumb a little bit better and hold it in your hand uh, quite a bit easier with one hand. The buttons all work fine. The home button's a little stiff, but I mean that's no big deal. I expected that because I mean it's a rubber button. You got to press on a little bit harder, but that not too much. It comes with a screen cover. Uh, and that screen cover kind of acts like a uh, kickstand. Whenever it's off, you flip it out and you can prop up your iPad mini into it so you can sit on your lap without having to hold it and be able to play games, watch movies, read, whatever you wanted to do. Um, I would give this device probably a 9 out of 10. The only reason I want to dock it down a point is because the screen protector is a part of the case itself. Uh, and whenever you're trying to install it onto your mini, uh, little bits of dust and maybe a hair or two may get in between the screen protector and the screen. And I'm a bit of a stickler as far as trying to make sure all that all those little particles are out before I put the case on all the way. Otherwise, this is a great case. I hope this helps for anyone who is having trouble deciding what kind of case to get for their iPad mini. Well worth the $70 investment. Thanks again, Rob. Enjoy the podcast. Until next time. Jeff, thanks for the review of the OtterBox Defender case for the iPad mini. Into the email bag. Hi Rob, I want to share a solution that I came up with yesterday to a problem that I suspect many people are having. When I open iTunes and there are iOS devices connected to the same Wi-Fi, like for instance an iPhone, iTunes will find them and connect to them. However, if the iPhone is disconnected for some reason, it seems to be impossible to make iTunes connect to that iPhone again. This happens to me all the time and I don't usually carry my lightning cable with me so there is no way to reconnect without restarting my computer. You would think there would be a search for iOS device button, but there isn't. Well, yesterday I decided to try something. I disconnected my iPhone from iTunes, quit iTunes, and then turned off Wi-Fi. When I turned it back on and opened iTunes, it immediately searched and found my iPhone. This worked every time. So the steps are 1. Quit iTunes. 2. Turn off computer Wi-Fi. 3. Turn on computer Wi-Fi. 4. Open iTunes. After a few seconds, iTunes will search and connect to your iOS device like it would when you open it for the first time after turning on or restarting your computer. Best regards, Eddie P. in Sweden. Eddie, thanks for that tip. Hi Rob, I thought I'd send a review for Fantastical for iOS. I had heard about this app on the desktop, but didn't see why a parsing of text would really speed up my calendar entry. I use BusyCal on Mac, and that works great. But when four people I follow on Twitter all said buy it, I couldn't resist. It's on sale for $1.99 right now. The first thing I found was that in Calendar View, you can quickly swipe over several months and add or view events. And when you want to get back to today, you just... Hit the month year, top banner, and it flies right back. Perfectly intuitive and fast. The text parsing takes some reading to learn about. If I type concert 7p slash j, it will put a calendar event called concert at 7 p.m. And it will put it on the calendar I am subscribed to that starts with j. No extra dialog boxes or anything. I haven't learned all the ways this can help me, but it really speeds up calendar entry and gets me around the annoying endless scrolling of trying to look a few months out using the stock iOS calculator. Regards, Dan. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, I just remembered a tip that I thought I'd share. I've got an 8 gig iPod Touch that is pretty full. I found that updating over the air requires a lot more space than if you just pull the update down from iTunes and then update it from there. Somehow it never makes you clean up quite as much. Maybe this is obvious, but for those with limited space might need this tip. Also, I didn't follow your advice of shutting down all the apps and I had to boot it a few times before it worked. Meanwhile, another family member has a 32 gig touch and she doesn't shut anything down and does the over the air update and she has a lot more space available. I think the open space with the over the air update works a lot better uh, so if you're limited on how much space you have on your iOS device, best to do the update through iTunes. Regards, Dan. Dan, thanks for that feedback. Back to the email bag. Hey Rob, what's up with the user question about mail on his Mac? I mean, this podcast is today in iOS and all. Please leave out Mac stuff. Some of us truly care much less and not at all about Macs. Keep up the great work. Regards, name omitted. See, here's the thing. 
His question was about iCloud, and iCloud is part of the iOS world. That is what it was designed for, is to tie together iOS devices and computers. So I felt that it fit well on the show, just as if someone had asked about iCloud and Exchange. I would have put that out there as well. Now, if he had asked about the app Dragon's Lair on the Mac, which causes me to flash back to the 80s, that would have been a different story. But as long as a question, for the most part, is related to iOS, I will do my best to answer and or put it out there for others to answer on the show. I definitely have presented in the past Windows-based questions about iTunes and other iOS-related sync questions with Windows-based devices. Hey Rob, this is Doug in DC. I'm a brand new listener to your podcast. I started listening about a week ago, then I went back to iTunes and downloaded every single one prior to episode 250. First of all, keep up the great work. I love all the features that you have, as well as the uh, callers that are sharing their knowledge about iOS. I do have a quick question about Siri, or at least a combination of apps for simulating Siri on the iPhone 4, which is the model that I use. I've used Dragon Dictation and Vlingo as a combination of apps, but now I see that Dragon Go is out, and Google now has a voice search capability, as you mentioned, I think, in your in your previous podcast. Do you or any of the listeners know of a Another combination of apps that work as Siri on the iPhone 4. Incidentally, I have the iPad mini. That's my first iPad, and I really like it. Thanks for all that you do. Take care. Bye. Doug, first off, my wife wanted to pass on comments. Awesome voice, she said. You, sir, should be doing a podcast. Now, per your question, I'm going to throw that one out to the audience because I have the 4S, and I really haven't been trying to find apps that will simulate Siri on the iPhone 4. So anyone out there with an iPhone 4 that has figured out some different voice recognition apps, voice use apps that simulate most of the features or maybe even more of the features than Siri offers up, please let us know. 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or you can shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Thanks to Tash for this next one, which is about a Kickstarter project. Yep, we're at that point in the show again. And this one is called One Second Every Day App. It has already passed its goal of $20,000 with over $36,000 raised. And it has until December 27th at 10.03 a.m. Eastern Time for you to fund it, which it's actually already funded. So for you to add extra funding to it. So what is One Second Every Day App? It is an app that will make it easy for you to record one second of video each and every day of your life and have that in a single video stream. So it's one second followed by another, by another, by another, all in one video that you can play back to back to back to back. I mean, sure, you can look at photos that you've taken, but photos miss so much of what a video can have, like sound and the sound of someone's voice, maybe that you've met on a specific day, or dog barking or bird chirping. So, you know, photos are nice, but video just adds something else. The only thing I'm not sure about on this is what the heck you get for pledging. Without a doubt, some of the most confusing pledge levels I've ever seen. For example, the $10 pledge states, quote, reward number one plus reward number two plus exclusive access to a private F Facebook group where backers can share their one second experiences together, yada, 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 unquote. Anyway. It is a neat app, and since he reached his goal, you might be best to just wait for the app to make it to iTunes App Store. Just saying. Or you could, you know, pledge $250, and then you get rewards 1, 2, 3, 4, 6, and 8, and your choice of rewards 5 or 7. And you get the app beta right now. Did I mention he had his goal? Yeah, sometimes a neat idea can overcome confusing pledge levels. Hi, Rob. It's David here from York in the UK. I know you're always keen to hear about iOS-related Kickstarter projects, so I thought I'd tell you about two that I backed. One I backed back in August and has just been released. The other I backed just yesterday and is still open for backers. The one I backed in the summer was Try iOS by CodeSchool, which is an online iOS developer course. They needed the backing to be able to invest in a Mac mini server farm since the course is run online without the student needing Xcode locally. I'm already a developer, so I don't actually need the course, 
but I am keen to back the cause of helping people get into iOS development, so I was more than happy to chip in $25. I've not tried it yet, but when I do, I will report back to TII listeners. The Kickstarter project that I backed yesterday is an iPhone dock called Podium, spelt P-O-D-I hyphen M. This project has already met its $30,000 goal, and you can still back it until Thursday the 13th of December. I'm very keen to get an iPhone 5 dock, and I was almost tempted by the dock plus, which is still backable till Friday the 14th of December. But something made me hold off from dock plus, and when I saw Podium, I was glad I did. The thing that really appealed about it was that the aesthetics really do match the iPhone well. It looked like it could have been designed by Apple. The inventor offered a, a limited number for pre-Christmas delivery, and when I discovered the project, there was just one such back-in-place left. So, sorry everybody, but I snapped that one up. However, anyone still wanting to back it can still get in for a February estimated delivery. As ever, thanks Rob for a great show each week. David, also great voice there. And thank you for the heads up on those Kickstarter projects. And sticking with Kickstarter, I had this email come in. Hi Rob, here's the kind of news no Kickstarter backer likes to hear about. Regards, Rayanne. And what Ray is talking about is the issue with the Geo Kickstarter or Geode, G-E-O-D-E Kickstarter project. If you remember back in the summer, we had reports from listeners who had received their geodes and quickly found out that the cards from them were dead. And they had a lot of major issues. And if you don't remember, the geode was like a thumb scanner and then it had a card that you could put in, um, rescan in your credit card numbers and then you could swipe that. Anyway, they've had a lot of technical issues this past summer. And the new cards that were sent, they had issues. It seems like they may have just run out of funds before they fixed all their issues and shipped all or even many of their orders. Now some are reporting, and by some I mean many, is that these guys took the money and ran. I don't think that's the case. As reported by listeners of this show earlier this year, episode 234, to be precise, and end of the episode to be really precise, there were some issues with the geode. Some very long emails. Go back and listen to those. I just think that these guys ran out of money trying to fix a major design flaw. I know I've had other emails come in into the show since then that we didn't talk about on the show from those that had purchased the geode that they were receiving multiple cards with multiple issues. And, well, that sounds like lots of money down the drain for the guys from geode. Not like someone that skipped town off to the Bahamas with the people's money, like many of the articles kind of make it apply, you know, that these guys just skipped town. Now, that all said, the folks at Geo do owe it to their customers to say, what the heck's going on? And it should not be the case where buildings are boarded up and sheriffs are sent out looking for these guys, has been reported, um, and no one can reach them. Now, that obviously doesn't look good. Remember, folks, when ordering from Kickstarter, some projects are going to go like this. Not everything is easy to do. If it was, probably would not need a Kickstarter project for it. Hey, speaking of things that crashed and burned a horrible death, remember the daily? Yeah, well, if so, consider yourself in the minority, because definitely not enough people did remember, and more importantly, not enough people did pay to subscribe to Rupert Murdoch's iPad-only news magazine called The Daily to keep it afloat. And now comes word it has officially crashed and burned. From a News Corp press release buried near the bottom of said press release comes the following gem. Quote, News Corporation has announced it effective immediately. Jesse Angelo, the founding editor-in-chief of The Daily, and longtime executive editor of the New York Post will assume the role of publisher of the New York Post. As part of a digital restructuring initiative, the company will cease standalone publication of the daily iPad app on December 15, 2012. Though the brand will live on in other channels, technology and other assets from the daily, including some staff, will be folded into the Post. Mr. Murdoch said, quote, From its launch, the daily was a bold experiment in digital publishing, and an amazing vehicle for innovation. Unfortunately, our experience was that we could not find a large enough audience quickly enough to convince us the business model was sustainable in the long term. Therefore, we will take the very best of what we have learned at The Daily and apply it to all our properties. Under the editorial leadership of Editor-in-Chief Carl Allen, 
and the business and digital leadership of Jesse. I know the New York Post will continue to grow and become stronger on the web, on mobile, and not least the paper itself. I want to thank all of the journalists, digital and business professionals for their hard work they put into the daily, unquote, unquote. See where Mr. Murdoch made a mistake was not getting me on board as a reporter. I did offer up my services. Instead, they went with highly paid journalists, the types with degrees in journalism, and you see where that got them. Okay, just kidding. I love journalism majors. This ultimately was just a failed business model, which was to offer up general interest content for a premium price and hope people will pay for your general interest content versus consuming all the free general interest content with similar or close to similar levels of quality. In the end, CNN.com, USAToday.com, and HuffingtonPost.com won out for eyeballs. The FTC put a little smackdown on Google for their attempts to ban Apple products for getting into the U.S. because of the use of standard essential patents. Now, I'm not a big fan of lawsuits by Apple, to put it mildly. But at least when Apple does sue over patent violations, it is not per standards essential patents. The FTC, in a brief file this week, stated that a district court was right to dismiss a request by Google for an injunction against sales of iPhones and iPads in the U.S., and they went on to smack down Google for these actions and said such actions can, quote, harm consumers, unquote. Apple did not respond to a request for comments, but Google did have the following audio comments per this ruling. You see, it occurred to me that what I should really be doing is fighting fire with fire. And see, folks, that's the problem with all these lawsuits. Hi, Rob. This is Skip calling from Toronto. Um, I have a uh, 3GS and currently running software 4.2.1. It's jailbroken and unlocked uh, so that I can travel uh, readily between here and Florida. I'm just wondering if you're going to do your app at the 4.3 level, uh, how realistic is it for me to upgrade to be able to still have the unlocked phone? I've several other uh, apps certainly haven't given us the, uh, the notice that you have in determining whether we uh, want to upgrade or not. And uh, so I appreciate your uh, comments. Thanks. Bye. Skip, thanks for the voicemail message. Your specific situation on whether or not you can upgrade and unlock will depend on which baseband you have and if you can save your SHSH blobs. So I would suggest if you can go ahead and email me back at todayinios at gmail.com and I can send you a couple of links to look at. But yeah, you should be able to go from unlocked at iOS 4.2 to 5.1.1. You don't want to go past 5.1.1 and keep your unlock, but you're going to have to do some things ahead of time. And ultimately, it really will depend on what current uh, firmware, modem firmware that you have. Again, Skip, shoot me an email today in iOS at gmail.com, and I'll try to send you some links to look up and figure out what you need to do. Hi, Rob. I bid at the $99 iPhone 5 offer from AT&T to replace my iPhone 4S. I got the OtterBox Defender case for it, and I have used this model since the 3GS. This one fits great, but the home button is very hard to press, and I must use the tip of my finger. Has anyone else had this problem and any solutions? I tried the new Griffin case, but think it's a bit too bulky. Thanks. Regards, Daniel W. Well, Daniel, I'm going to throw that one out to the audience, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. If you have an iPhone 5 and have the OtterBox Defender case, have you been having an issue with your case and the home button? All right. Just a thought here. I was wondering out loud. Reading about Apple's map division shakeup. They get the map data from TomTom, right? So was that the wrong maps vendor to partner with? Is TomTom that bad, or is TomTom not sending Apple its best data? Regards, Phil from Green Bay. Hi, Phil. Yes. Okay, well, I'm not really sure if they're partnered with Garmin, if things would be any different, but I do expect we will see improvement soon on map side. 
But sadly, that improvement cannot get here fast enough or soon enough. And since it is more of an ongoing improvement, little iterative improvements, gets a little bit better here, a little bit better there, and so on. It's not like that one day a switch is flipped and everyone goes, wow, Apple Maps app is now better than Google Maps or as good as Google Maps. So sadly, even when the day gets here, when Apple Maps is better or on par, it is likely going to be a day most people don't even realize past. At this point, the perception is Apple Maps sucks. That is a general perception in the tech blogs and mainstream media and what I hear from everyday people. It will take a lot, and I mean a lot of work, from Apple to change that perception. And sadly, getting Maps up to snuff is likely going to be much easier than changing the perception around Apple Maps. If Eddie Q can pull this one off, that will be one amazing feat. Back to the email bag. Hey Rob, I was checking the amount of space I had left on my iPhone 5, 16 gig. I don't have that many things on it, but I realized that I had left less than 200 meg left. After checking for hours to see what was going on, I decided to unsubscribe to some shared photo stream albums that people shared with me and saw that the amount of space went up. I thought that the, the shared photo stream was in the cloud. I guess I would need to unsubscribe to a lot more to save space. Regards, AJ. Hi, AJ. The shared photo stream means that those photos are coming down onto your device. And what the, the way it works is it looks about how much space you have left on your device. And it basically tries to bring in as much as it can to fill up that unused space. And then as you need more space, then things are pulled out of that stream. At least that's how I understand it's supposed to work. Same thing with iTunes Match. So yeah, if you want a lot of extra space left around on your iOS device, then you're going to have to limit the amount of stuff that iCloud is syncing to your iOS device. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, I'm looking for a way to stream video to my Apple TV, but to simultaneously have the audio on my iPhone or even iPad. What I'm trying to do is watch video on my Apple TV, such as Netflix streaming, while using my earbuds or headset on my iOS device. My wife goes to bed earlier than I do, and I want to be able to turn the sound up for me while keeping it quiet for her. Is there an app that can make this happen, or a setting in AirPlay that I'm missing? I know there is an optical audio out on the Apple TV, but I don't want to have to hook up this through the stereo receiver. I enjoy podcasts uh, since the 3G days. Regards, Mark J. in Little Rock, Arkansas. Well, Mark, if there is a setting, I'm missing it too, because I couldn't get it to work that way for me. If anyone does know of a setting that will help Mark out where he can keep the audio coming on his iOS device, but have the video going out to his Apple TV, please let us know. My guess is this is going to require some sort of jailbreak tweak. 206-666-6364, 206-MOON-DOG, or shoot an email to todayinios at gmail.com. Hi Rob, is there an app that you can view the apps that your children are using, like Facebook or view text messaging from a third-party app? Regards, Rob. Well, Rob, again, sounds like that's going to be a jailbreak app that's going to be needed. If anyone knows, please call us or send an email. Back to the email bag. Hey Rob, love the show, long-time listener. Question about jailbreaking. I am currently jailbroken on 5.1.1 on a 4S. I believe I found evidence that it is safe to update my Mac to iOS 10.8.2. Currently I'm at 10.8.1, but I'm not sure. I'd like to update my Mac and iTunes, but I don't know or don't want to lose my ability to restore to 5.1.1 if I need to. Any info on this would be great. Thanks. Regards, Daniel. Hi, Daniel. In the past, upgrading versions of iTunes and other versions could cause an issue with jailbreaking in the distance past, but not usually an issue with current jailbreaks. However, if your jailbreak is corrupted, it could become a problem if you needed to re-jailbreak. However, with most recent jailbreaks, I don't believe there has been those constraints. Uh, if anyone knows of any issues in updating to Mac OS 10.8.2 or updating iTunes to iTunes 11 with regards to being able to jailbreak an iOS 5.1.1 device, please let us know. 
For now, Daniel, I would say wait on updating unless you really can find some evidence that someone that has 10.8.2 and iTunes 11 was able to go back and do a jailbreak to a 5.1.1 device. In other words, do a restore and re-jailbreak to 5.1.1. Of course, if anyone out there has actually done this, please let us know. Hey, Rob. It's Mike in Pittsburgh. Wanted to make a couple of comments on your last show. Uh, I think it was 246 or 247. A couple of people were saying about buying iPhones and or going in stores and, and trying to buy an iPhone and end up being strong-armed and being told to be buying an Android. It's, it is a known fact. I, in fact, went into a Sprint store not too long ago. I have a 4S was told that the Android was far superior over the iPhone 4S. That was older technology. This was before the 5 came out. I insisted that I wanted the 4S, and to make a long story short, it probably took about almost 15 or 20 minutes to get what I wanted. On a lighter note, as far as the iPad Mini, and I expected it to be 199 in competition with the, the Kindle Fire. I didn't expect it to be 329 Personally, I would rather buy the bigger iPad than to buy the small one. I, I don't really see a purpose of having a mini like that. Anyway, great show. Love the podcast. Please keep up the good work, as always, and we'll talk again. Thanks. Mike, thanks for the feedback. As per the pricing on the iPad mini, never expected it to be $199, $299, but not $199. As it is, Apple actually makes money on the iPad mini. The guys selling it at $199, they don't make anything. Amazon with their Kindle Fire, they're not making money. They're putting it out there as a device, a promotional device, to have people use the Amazon store. Google's putting out the Google Nexus at $199, uh, the tablet, not to make money, but again, as a promotional vehicle for Google Android on a uh, tablet platform. It, they're, those guys aren't making any money. And, and better than that, because they're not making any money, no one else that's offering tablets out there can make any money either because they have to compete with those guys' prices. So the only one that's making money from selling a tablet is Apple. So the iPad mini is making the money. The iPad maxi is making the money. And yeah, maybe Apple's market share is going to be 70-so percent, 65 to 70% this quarter. Their profits, 99% of tablet profits will go to Apple this quarter, at least per the 7-inch tablet size. And tablets overall, maybe it'll be 96% profits with the rest of those 3% of additional profits will go to Microsoft for the Surface because they're actually pricing it similar to the iPad Maxi. It seems like the only two people making any money on tablets are Apple and Microsoft. To the email bag. Hey, Rob, true or false? Your thoughts. Steve from Arizona. And Steve was is referring to a link he sent me titled Dream JB Hacker Announces iOS 6.0.1 Untethered Jailbreak for 22nd December. And this is on the Uber popular blog, Mobile Spy or Mobile Pi or Mobile Spy, MobilesPi.com. Yeah, never heard of it either. But that does not make it not true, just makes it suspect. Plus the fact that this jailbreak team with quotes around team, consists of just one person. There's a me and team. There's also a T and an A. Yeah, that also makes it look suspicious. So for now, I would say don't get too excited about this. And if and when this person or team offers up a solution, best to keep at least a good arm's length away from this until others have tested it out. I definitely would not be upgrading to iOS 6 from your current jailbreak to try it out. That is one thing I can definitely say for sure. More to come on this one after December 22nd. Do you love robots? And not in some Japanese fetish or real sex on HBO type of way, but love reading about robots and what they can do or can't do? Well, there is a new app from IEEE for you. By the way, IEEE, which is the Organization for Electrical Engineers, used to be a member of that a long time ago in another part of my life, but I digress. Anyway, they have a $5 app that goes over 100 different robots. You can search for IEEE Robot or the actual name of the app, which is Robots for iPad, 
And this weekend only, the app is reduced to 99 cents. So if you like all robots that are not Androids, this could be a fun app for you and your kids. Oh, and it's a big app at 430 meg, and it's for the iPad. Did I mention it's for the iPad? Or of course, like any app we mentioned in the show, you can find links to it in the show notes for episode 251 over at todayinios.com. In this case, look for the one titled Robots for iPad. Hey Rob, Coach Randy from Orange County, California. Just got the TII app. Thanks very much for doing the show. You're doing a great job. Hey Rob, my question is this. I just got the iPad fourth generation and I'm using iMovie and I am running a Canon video camera that shoots with the small SD cards. When I put the SD card in, the SD card read all the photos off of that, but none of the video. I was on with tech support and the Genius Bar over at Apple Store, and I believe it came down that it only reads MPEG-4 files for the iMovie app on the iPad. So I want to get this video into the um, iMovie app, and I was just wondering if any of the listeners had a app that would convert SD video and MPEG-2 video to MPEG-4 so I could get it into iMovie and make all my edits right there at uh, the competition site. Thanks a lot, Rob. Keep up the great work. Bye. Randy, thanks for supporting the show by purchasing the TII app. And thanks for the kind words. Per your question, I want to throw this one out to the audience. I'm not really sure of a good way to do this one if, because I just don't have a way to test this one. So if anyone out there has had a similar issue and has a solution, which app did you use to import your videos from and how did it work? I mean, were you able to take your SD card and bring them in through another app on your iPad? Let us know, 206-666-6364. That's 206-MOON-DOG. Or send an email to todayinios at gmail.com. A little correction from the last show. I mentioned the app Slide, spelled S-L-Y-D-E, and said to search for said app using said word. Well, for some reason on iTunes, S-L-Y-D-E by itself does not find the Slide Show app. You need to search for Slide first word and show second word at the same time to find the app or to look for the link for it in the show notes. And I'll put the link back in the show notes for this episode as well, episode 251. And for those that did not listen on the last show or have short-term memory issues like me, Slide Show app is an app for the iPad for showing real-time Flickr photo slideshows. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, I don't need GPS direction and services that often, but I have been using Apple Map Navigation to get a sense of how it works and how accurate it may or may not be. Last night I ran directions from my workplace to Dick's Sporting Goods. It routed me to the doorstep of rival chain sports authority. I used the feature to report a problem with maps and was able to place the map pin at the correct location, presumably if there's enough feedback, Apple will make the correction. That got me to thinking, what if DBS business owners decide to game the system by directing traffic away from a competitor? He or she could use their iOS devices to suggest map changes and also solicit conspir- co-conspirators to do the same. Just the thought, just my nature, I should have been a spy. Thanks for everything, Matt S. Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Matt, you devious little bugger, you. Yeah, actually, people could actually have a nice little side business by getting a group of people out and go around and game the system. So you hire them to say, okay, uh, you are McDonald's, and you every time someone searches for Burger King, it's going to route them to a McDonald's instead of a Burger King in a certain area. Of course, I think what would be really funny would be to get a bunch of guys together in a certain area where there's a Microsoft store, and game the system to send people when they look for the Microsoft store to actually the local Apple store. Not that I would condone such actions, but I definitely wouldn't condemn them either. Back to the email bag. Hi Rob, I just upgraded to a Verizon iPhone 5, switching from an AT&T iPhone 4. I used to be able to block my caller ID from the settings phone show my caller ID option. On the iPhone 5, I no longer see this option. Is this something new with the 5 or with Verizon or just my phone? Sorry if I missed the answer on the show. Regards, John. Well, John, I don't think we've ever talked about this on the show in the past, but I know right now that is still an option with the iPhone 4S and 4 
running iOS 5.1 or iOS 6. So with the most recent software, at least with an AT&T phone, you can still do that. You can go to settings, then phone, and show my caller ID and turn off show my caller ID, which blocks your option for your caller ID to show up. So my guess is this is something that Verizon does not support. If anyone out there has a Verizon phone, uh, can check this also. But my guess is what you're going to find out if you have a Verizon phone, you go to look for that, you're not going to find that option. But if you can find this on a Verizon phone, let us know. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. When adding an event to the iOS calendars, is there a reason you can't click on a time slot to bring up a new event screen for that exact time? It seems so logical when you're adding a new event. Just click on the time of the day to add the event. Do you know? Regards, Eric B. Hi, Eric. You actually can add a calendar item by selecting the day mode at the bottom and then tap and hold on the time slot you want to add. But you can't just tap it. You need to tap and hold on the time slot you want and you need to be in the day mode and then you will see that time slot appear as an item that you can then edit and add a title to and whatnot. But yes, you can actually do that. Back to the email bag. Hi, Rob. I just got through listening to episode number 249. Thank you for responding to my email question. However, I believe in your response, you interpreted my question to refer to the Apple App Store rather than the Apple Store. I hope I didn't lose out a chance to get your input on the question at hand. I have researched online and have found it's frequently asked question that never gets answered. Happy holidays to you and your family. Regards, Steve in San Pedro, California. Hi, Steve. Sorry for the misunderstanding of your original question, which I now understand to be why is there not an iPad-optimized app for the Apple Store app, not the App Store app? And I guess the only reason is they are still working on it? Can't imagine why it would have any priority. It's only an app that helps you buy more Apple products. Kind of low-priority app, if you ask me. Probably best to add some features to the Compass app or the Newsstand app first. Tongue firmly planted in cheek. In case the sarcasm didn't come through there. But if anyone from Apple that listens would like to drop us an anonymous email letting us know why or when or if an iPad-optimized Apple apps, Apple Store app, not the App Store, but the Apple Store app is coming for the iPad we would appreciate it. 206-666-6364 or 206-MOONDOG. More probably, you probably want to send that as an email or not to todayinios at gmail.com. This next clip I'm going to play here is a PSA that was sent in. Are you the parent or grandparent of a blind or visually impaired child grades K-12? through Then there's a serious matter you should know about. Amazon is trying to put your child's education at risk. Amazon is undertaking a massive effort to deploy its Kindle e-readers and Kindle e-books to K-12 through schools across the United States. Kindle devices have been donated directly to schools, including schools that serve children who are blind or have other disabilities. Amazon has also built a system called WhisperCats that allows Kindle book files to be used on devices other than Kindles. The problem is this material is still not accessible to students who are blind or who have other print disabilities. Remember, putting accessible technology in the classroom not only discriminates against blind students and segregates them from their peers, but also violates the law. To learn what you can do, go to nfb.org slash kindle dash books or contact John Perret at 410-659-9314 extension 2218 or email him at jpare at nfb.org. There is a long interview in Business Week with Tim Cook, and I have a link to it in the show notes for episode 251 over today on iOS.com. Look for the one titled Tim Cook's Freshman Year. If you are a Tim Cook fan or just Tim Curious, then probably best if you read it yourself. Some items are best not to summarize, be summarized by me. I think this article falls into that category. Tim also was making the rounds on TV as well, and if anyone knows of any of the links to any of those videos of Tim, I think he was on uh, Rock Center. If anyone comes across that link to that video, please let me know. Okay, one quick non-iOS story from the mouth of babes is this one. I was doing a sight words with my six-year-old using the free iOS app, Flashcards Plus. That is Flashcards and the plus symbol. Hey, look, actually it is an iOS-related story after all. Anyway, I got to the word says, and I used it in an example after he 
figured out the word, and I said, our female dog, who is a real B-I-T-C-H, literally and personality-wise, tangent, sorry, I said, our female dog says, grr, at which point my son is supposed to use it in a sentence, and he says, mom says, grr, oh, from the mouth of babes. I did all I could not to bust a gut. Did I mention we used the free app, Flashcards Plus? Yeah. It is a great app for doing sight words, by the way, so any parents out there that have to do those with their kids, check it out. Quick reminder, I'll be speaking at Blog World New Media Expo in Las Vegas, which will be going on from January 6th to the 8th. I will be speaking about how to podcast 100% from an iPad, and my speech is Monday the 7th at 10.30 a.m. Las Vegas time. We at Lipson will also have a booth at the show, booth 517. Please stop by and say hi. And get your picture taken with me, or if you are a Libsyn customer with the Libsyn team, if you want to save 20% off a new media pass, use promo code WALCH20, that's W-A-L-C-H-2-0, that's C-H, not S-H, WALCH20. Hope to see some of you at the show. I'm also speaking on Tuesday the 8th, again at 10.30 a.m. Las Vegas time, and that one is a panel about podcast distribution. But other than those times, I'll be at the Lipson booth and hope to see you there. Hey, I also just got my press passes for CES. I will be over at CES on Wednesday the 9th. As always, if you have any comments, questions, answers to others' questions, tips, tricks, app reviews, product reviews, rumors, speculations, rants, or anything else related to iOS in some way, shape, or form, give us a call. 206-666-6364, that's 206-MOONDOG, or email us at todayandios at gmail.com. If you have not purchased the TI app, it's just $2.99 in the App Store, and not just the best way to consume the show, but with push notifications you get to find out when there is breaking news or special deals or when a new episode goes up. Plus, it helps support the show. And speaking of supporting the show, thanks to Square Trade for supporting the show. If you have a new iPad, go to squaretrade.com slash TII2 for your special discount for as a TII listener. And if you have a new iPhone, go to squaretrade.com forward slash TII. Also, for you special discount as a uh, TII listeners on your Square Trade warranty. Links in the show notes for both. And that, folks, wraps it up for us today, this morning, or whatever it is now. The sun's coming up. Yeah, this one was a late one. And, folks, that's going to go ahead and do it for us today. Until the next time, I'm your host, Rob, from Today in iOS, reminding you to phone different. This show is hosted on Libsyn.com and part of the Wizard Media Network. If you are looking for hosting, go to Libsyn.com, that's L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, for hosting for your podcast and for creation of your own smartphone app. The Today in iOS podcast can also be found on the free Stitcher radio app. Just search for TII. Hello, is this for Justin Bieber contest? I would like to get some tickets, please, as we call back. Thank you. Bye. Hello? It's me again. I need to get some tickets, please. For a really... For my sister... For a birthday. Thank you. Please call me back. Bye. I'll just some the tickets. Oh, can I get some concert tickets for Justin Bieber? Or please? How do you win the concert? Cons? Yes. Thank you. Bye.